You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Travelling Tunes with Dr Kirsten Zimke. Morena Kirsten, how are you this morning? Good morning, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. We are getting into loser anthem territory, dropout anthem territory. This is a um, fascinating world. Yeah, it's going to be pretty dark. You know, I just thought, oh, this would be cute. There seems to be a lot of songs about this, but um, getting into it, wow, there is a lot. I mean, (laughs) and and we're going to get super dark. So I don't mean to do that. I just thought it'd be cute. Well, like, you know, you think about whole genre, like the blues or grunge or even emo. Um, You know, so, you know, we often think of emotions, happy, sad, angry, but then there's shame, which is like really sort of pernicious and and deep. And, you know, it's something we talk about in songs. And so this first song we have is one of the iconic slacker anthem. Uh, this is back 1994. He says this song is the shorthand version of myself. <laughs> Fun at parties. One of my largest guilty pleasures in the whole world. I mean, it's a banger. So one thing that I find interesting about what we're talking about today is it is non-genre specific. You obviously just mentioned genres that are kind of about a particular, like, catch-all feeling, but these sort of songs about being a dropout, being a loner, these are songs that kind of don't have a genre home. They, they live in many different spaces. Yeah, it's, it seems to be, you know, you know, people talk about pop music not being deep. Well, you know, I don't recall a lot of classical music about this. Um, you know, that it, it captures this feeling. Now, if you were to ask Karl Marx, he would say this is typical of late-stage capitalism, is that you become alienated from the products you're making because you're not paid enough and you're poor. Um, so, you know, this alienation, this um, feeling strange or an outsider or an outcast, I mean, he's a white rapper for a start here. Um, yeah, it seems to be really universal. And yeah, we see it creeping in. Obviously, some genres will focus on it. Um, but, you know, you, you can see it popping up in lots of different songs. So the thing about these tracks though, particularly all the ones we're going to play this morning, is that they're anthemic, like people sing along. This Mm. is a song almost that's like a point of pride maybe. It's like, yeah, I am a loser. What about it, you know? Come at me. It's it's like a sort of a catch-all term for a bunch of people who are like, you know what, this doesn't work for me. A little bit. That's that's even funnier, you know, because you're at a concert and everybody like singing along in a song about one of their deepest fears and humiliation. But it does show that, you know, it's 
it's a it's a very universal feeling, especially considering you know some of these songs are from white men who are you know supposed to be the ones having the most access to power in society. But you know the way society is constructed, a lot of people feel left out. Well, that's the thing is like these are these are all big hits. Like this is one of Beck's big hits that sort of uh, took him into the mainstream spaces that some of his other sort of experimental stuff had maybe been Absolutely. on the fringe of. Yeah. But there's something kind of universal about the experience of feeling like you've, you know, failed at something or... Mm-hmm. There's power in claiming it. Exactly. Apparently he was just as surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said Vera Allen's definitely got a few songs in this category. Absolutely. She yep. has got some great, uh, great anthems in that territory. I'd love to know about other reckons that people have got in the sort of world of... Um, oh, they're flowing through. Claiming your loserdom, oh. getting your... Oh, sorry for the therapy session this morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Text machines looking seared. This is my... Any excuse to get a tiny bit of ABBA on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Well, yeah, so this is, you know, again, you wouldn't associate ABBA. You usually associate them with, you know, sort of happy music. Oh, and the song story is even worse. So it's written by Bjorn after his divorce with Agnetha, but then she had to sing this song in concert all the time. Oh, my God. Wow. Who's the winner then Hmm. in their real divorce? Who knows? Much to think about. About things we've gone through Though it's hurting me I'm not going to lie, I do still think of like Meryl Streep and Piers Brosnan. <laughs> Piers Brosnan just, he's having a time in that movie oh, with, with his singing and his accent. It's <laughs> a camp classic. Well, and, and Meryl captured it so perfectly, you know, because she's an actress, so she could put like all the emotions into it. Now... The winner takes it all. The loser standing small. Shout outs to anyone going through it this morning. 15. <laughs> so, so it blurs into, you know, a heartbreak song, but they are definitely using the metaphor of a gambler, you know, and playing yeah. your cards on the table. And they talk about self confidence. So, it, you know, in addition to the heartbreak of not being with that person, you feel like a loser at life. You know? God. The thing that is kind of also fascinating about these songs is there's a sort of self-indulgence to them. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, you've got to lean into it sometimes, guys. Yeah, if you're having a terrible time, maybe you do need to be able to sing it in your car very loudly. Oh, you're being a bit revealing here. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't really share that much. Now, I, I read this article that said the actual saddest ABBA song is Dancing Queen. What? And it explained because she was 17 oh. and she was beautiful oh. and she was the belle of the ball. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, the Cap and Kim theme song. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> the Joker is me. <laughs> Does it feel the same? Eminem and Dido with a bit of Stan going on. That song, it just it hits the too creepy territory for and me. It created such a phenomena. I mean, now we have Stan. Yeah, Stan is a word in the in the general yes. lexicon. Yeah. Deacon Blues by Steely Dan. Hell yeah. Rules must be obeyed. 
very interesting to know the stats. I don't know how you would gather them, but the stats on karaoke tracks, what percentage Ooh. of karaoke songs are the big kind of anthemic heartbreak slash I think I'd loser run anthems? Up. I'd run those numbers up, I yeah. think. <laughs> and there you go. Therapy, you know, mixed with alcohol, mixed with public humiliation. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect storm. I don't want to talk. If it makes you feel sad And I understand Just feeling it. Truly. To shake my hand. Oh, what a line. <laughs> so, I mean, there's something timeless about this type of music, though, isn't there, Kirsten? We're listening across decades and genre. Well, yeah, and I think it leans more into, like, romantic poetry rather than sort of some musical history which might not have always captured this vibe yeah totally pretty pop genre but you know you do get the romantic poet that's because he couldn't get one girlfriend (laughs) devotes his life to drinking and smoking it happens we have got our fair share of these type of um anthems in aotearoa someone said hans pocket if my life has got me through the last two years real yeah that's a banger yeah so they don't they help you work through it. They're mm. hopefully not causing incitement. No, I think there's this kind of, yeah, group catharsis thing. It is a yeah. bit like yes, karaoke, catharsis. isn't it? Yeah. Sid Vicious version of My Way. Wow. Well, and it shows that we put ourselves into a song. You know, when we listen to it and a song that has, you know, the pronoun I in it, we're putting ourselves in there. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, and singing it through. We've had by far and away the most texts this morning yep. about the track we're about to play now. I'm sure people can guess. Get into it. Genuinely fighting the urge to I sing along. Grinning ear to ear. Yeah, just turning off Stella's mic so she can have a moment. <laughs> the absolute <laughs> highlight of my year last year was Kedia Patterson of BFM and KMTP getting up and doing the most unbelievable karaoke version of this song at the Hans Puckett live karaoke experience at the wow. Others Way Festival. Beautiful. That was like life changing. <laughs> it was the best set of the night and there were some amazing sets. So what is the deal with this song, Kirsten? What, what, you know, how did this kind of become such a certified banger? Oh, well, the song's story is even worse than you think. Um, so the, the writer talks about how there was a, a school shooter that, um, you know, we know some of these people, you know, do feel lost and separated from society. And he was wearing an ACDC t-shirt in the news when they took him away. And so the writer guy goes, what do I do with all my ACDC t-shirts? And that he wrote it to say, just cause I look like this, dress like this, I'm not gonna do that. So it gets yeah. even darker. It's a pretty amazing 
I mean, this is what uh, we're getting it deep in the in the philosophy this morning. But I mean, this is kind of how popular music can help you experience like mass tragedy as well. There's mm. something about like being able to process that sort of ugly time through a song that becomes this kind yeah. of anthemic yeah. banger is is really cool and healthy. <laughs> and here's an even funnier story, which is kind of loser. Uh, apparently, Weezer performed it once or twice and they always get asked for it at concerts and they think people don't realize it's not their song. It's Quetus. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, how loser is that that I have to play somebody else's song because everyone thinks I'm them? <laughs> yeah. The worst. So it has a happy ending. Somehow. So you can channel your inner skinny dude with a mullet and no friends who does get. (laughs) Turns out that the girl actually likes Iron Maiden as well. It was unintentional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was subconscious, maybe. Nine Inch Nails, a bit of hurt going on. Creep, a radiohead. Classic. I mean, grunge does this very well. If we're looking at a genre that's sort of adjacent to loser anthems, grunge has got a few up its sleeve. Do you remember when Glee covered Creep, though? That was <laughs> that whole era of television and music can truly perish. Yeah, get into well, the like, bin. <laughs> one of the songs we, you know, we didn't play, which I had never thought of as a loser anthem, was Gladys Knight and the Pips' Midnight Train to Georgia. Oh my and, gosh. And I will never listen to that song, you know, the same again, that, you know, it's giving up and just hopping on a train. Leaving on that midnight train. <laughs> uh, so many good songs coming through here. We could do a whole show of just playing loser mm. anthems, but we, we're not going to do that because we need <laughs> to early. play some other stuff. It's too early in the day. Have some happier music. <laughs> we'll, we'll end on the high of Wheatus. Thank you uh, so much for loser anthems this morning. Kirsten, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good weekend. Okay. All right. Kakite. That was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimke. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.